Welcome to another episode of Matt and Brett Love Comics. This is one of your hosts, Brett Stephen White. Now you know my whole name. Oh, Why man. Did I just now do it's that? on the internet. Oh, and, no. And I am your other host, Matthew Allen Little. Allen? Yeah. A-L-A-N? A-L-L-E-N. Okay. A-L-I-E-N. I, the drummer for Oasis' his name is Alan White, A-L-A-N, so I have a weird um, preference for that spelling. Was it his nickname? I thought it was like Paul Bones something. No, uh, Paul Bonehead Arthurs was the rhythm guitarist. Oh, okay. Paul Gwigsy McGuigan was the bassist. There we go. They all had nicknames. Yeah, yeah, they did. Anyway. They, uh, you could tell all of those nicknames came from cocaine. Hey, like that. No, probably. <laughs> yeah. uh, we are joined today for our special talk episode. Yeah. Uh, you know this guy from the internet, uh, from his work on iFanboy, also from the Don't Miss podcast at iFanboy, as Indeed. well as his own podcast, Fuzzy Typewriter, which is about stories, storytellers, art, and artists. Did I get that right? Yep. That's yeah. Yeah. Paul All Montgomery. Right. Hey, Mark, Brad, how you guys doing? <laughs> yeah. Okay. That works. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah. Good okay. enough. I didn't uh, get the call sheet, so what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, you got 20 minutes of my time. Start talking, nerds. Well, we did fill out your writer. Uh, I think you wanted, like, a lot of marbles. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what... I, I never knew what a gross of Fruit by the Foot looked like, yeah. but I do now. But yeah, It, it is gross. It is. Sense. <laughs> it is. Uh, thank you. Yeah, uh, every, if you don't listen to Fuzzy Typewriter, you definitely should. It's a really awesome show. Uh, I got hooked with the Alien Quadrilogy episodes. <laughs> which I got kind of hooked on those as well. Yeah. Uh, oh, you're talking just like people should listen. Not, you're, I thought you were like recommending it to me. I was like, I have to edit the damn thing. Yeah. <laughs> you should really listen um, no, to your podcast. So we just, it's, um, I don't know, it used to be, I, I, the first one I did by myself you know, a few years ago, and it's gone through a couple different incarnations, and I kept having my buddy uh, David Acampo on, um, who wrote, um, I know him from the iFanboy community, and then he was on, uh, he, he did his own radio drama podcast called Wormwood, a serialized mystery. It was sort of like uh, Twin Peaks meets Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That's how it was pitched to me back in the day, and I, I wrote for that. Oh, cool. And uh, we became fast f- friends through that. And um, that's the t- that that friendship has deteriorated over the years, that's but what um, we've become yep. such icons online that we we stick together anyway. Yeah, um, you're like Aerosmith. You're like S- Stephen Tyler and Stephen Joe Tyler Perry. and Joe Perry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was wondering why I have a bandana wrapped around my Yeti mic, but uh, yeah. I do. Um, <laughs> I had to throw in there that I have a Yeti mic because that's a prestigious microphone and it's THX certified. So yeah, uh, I always like to, to mention that I have one. Of there's them. one on this end as well. So this is a two Yeti podcast. Oh, yeah. Nice. Lovely. It's uh, yet yet I I think is how you pronounce the two mo- Yetis. Yeah, Yetis. Yet I. Okay. Yeah. Yet I. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, the Alien episodes are really cool because you'd never... Had you never seen Alien before? Is that uh, no, I guess I... Yeah, I hadn't. Yeah. I mean... You immersed I, yourself. You were you yeah. jumped right in. Because Prometheus was coming out. I was like, wow, this looks great. And I was like, wait a minute. I've never seen these formally. Like, I've seen parts. And, like, you know, they had, like, that, that uh, Bravo special where it was, like, yeah. the, the best Halloween or best, like, the scariest movies. Mm-hmm. And um, it was, like, the last good thing Bravo did. Um, before it turned into like the Real Housewives Network, uh-huh. um, yeah. So they did those specials before and, Andy Cohen. So I've, was so like, I've yeah. Seen, yeah, so I've seen the chestburster <laughs> scene from Alien like a million. Sorry, spoilers. Um, <laughs> like a million times. It comes from where? Um, so I knew that, but I just I'd never watched it from front to back, and so yeah, we watched them all. Like I, we did them like once, one per week, and yeah, um, that was like the that was the most organized series we've ever done on Fuzzy <laughs> Typewriter. So. 
Um, yeah, I mean, Bravo. I guess when we started, it was just like, uh, we got to do one every other week. And we got to, you know, it's every Sunday the podcast comes out. And then it got really stressful and we stopped for a while. And then we came back and was like, we should never let this get in the way of having fun. This should be, this should be fun. So we just kind of do it whenever we feel like it. And yeah. I think it's all the better for it. Great. Yeah, it's always, it's, it's weird. Like you start to take it seriously and then sometimes it's tough to disassociate taking something seriously with having fun while like giving it importance. Yeah. yeah. I definitely have that problem. I just, yeah. and so it's, and it's something I still kind of deal with a bit and like, I, I can't loosen up for, you know, the, we're going to do a casual show this time. We're not going <laughs> to go into a lot of research and I do just it casual, do it casual. Please take yeah. off the, the cravat and smoking exactly. jacket. This is a casual <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I remember our second episode, I feel like I said on, like, a year ago. This is basically on, sort of, year anniversary, I think. Well, I was recovering from surgery. That's what we had to do it over Skype. Yeah. Uh, so, happy anniversary to us, I guess. I yeah, don't know what the actual date is. Guys. Yeah. yeah. Sure. But I remember I said on our... anniversary is that? One year. One. Paper? Paper? Yes, yeah. and we're Which on the internet, mean? so it's useless. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I remember I sat on our second episode for so long because I was obsessed with doing super detailed show notes and like oh, broke down yeah, yeah. and like at seven minutes, 37 seconds, we start talking about this thing. And then yeah. our producer, Ben, was like, never let something as insignificant as show notes delay putting out the episode. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. And now I look at other podcast show notes, like the Nerdist show notes are just like Chris Harbick sits down with... Like Patrick Stewart, and that's it. Yeah, like, yeah, that's what we do. Yeah, so I still, I still write like a tiny paragraph, which is probably still too much, but it's good. I don't know. It's it's better than breaking it down fucking beat by beat, which is what I was doing mm. for two episodes. I like that though. I like that though because it, I don't know to like uh, talk about our own podcast on our podcast. Like I like that because I feel like it adds a voice, an extra voice to the show, and it's like. People can look at that if they want to, yeah. Uh, or otherwise, they can still, you know, it's like a it, it's it's like a tie-in issue of yeah. crossover, yeah. Right? The, the show <laughs> yeah. notes are tie-ins to our episodes. Yeah, yeah. Like you get you can still get the complete story if you don't read the tie-in, but if you read the tie-in, you're going to get a, a more well-rounded <laughs> listening experience. Oh yeah, definitely. I think so. Also, going to the website, it's, it's a whole big thing. Yeah. Uh, how did you do get... like a House of Leaves edition of, of your show notes where it's, it's oh, oh. really meta and you hold it up to a mirror and they're they're backwards <laughs> and yeah. like it's slowly they slowly fold in on themselves and, and then you just hear a demon screaming kind Ooh. of thing for your like show that. notes that'd be cool yeah. yeah I would like that um, how did you get involved with iFanboy you're huge over there uh, it's it's like your fanboy yeah, okay you're, well you're a big, you're a big deal. it's it it goes with my you know coming back into comics which is I don't know uh, an experience a lot of people have where you read comics when you were younger and then you don't for a while and that's part of that is you know changing tastes as you know as as a person and you know uh, you know uh, what you're into and stuff and and others uh, the other part of it is just sort of what comics were like in the 90s <laughs> and it not necessarily being our scene and you know coming back in the you know during the 2000s when it got you know a lot better okay um and that's like a gross generalization but anyway oh no so, yeah so in college i um i i had to get my tonsils out and the, the longer to, you wait the worse it is too. yeah because well, i got my, my doctor would never do it he was like that they like they really they don't they, you have to go through like hell for them to take your tonsils out yeah like you have to you have to beg them i was like i've like i i kept like a like a you know like a denny's card thing where i have to 
do like the, the hole punches and I was like, I've gotten this many like tonsil infections or like sore throats Jeez. over this many years. Yeah. So I think I've earned to get my tonsils. Like, All right, we'll do it. So I got my referral and I got to do my, get my tonsils out. <laughs> and anyways, I was like, I got to do this classic. I got to do the ice cream, watch cartoons and read comic books. Yeah. I was like, oh, what wow. comic books do I read? So I started looking around. That's when that purple podcast logo started popping up on iTunes and I was like, what's this all about? And so I was like, what comic podcast? Or maybe that'll help wow. me figure out what to read. And um, uh, my bum luck, I ended up with iFanboy. And uh, they, they informed what I, what I was reading. And I got into stuff like uh, New Avengers. Um, and uh, what else? Um, uh, Justice League of America was starting up again, the Jeff Johns book. Yeah. Oh, and... that was uh, was that the the <coughs> the Meltzer run or just the like the JSA with Jeff Johns? That was oh right. I'm sorry. I said Justice League. Justice. It was. It wasn't JSA. It was Justice Society of America. Yeah. So. Oh, when they the re- one where yeah. they have the giant table of a million members, and they started out. They had to bring in uh, lawn and beach chairs to the table because yeah. they had so many superheroes in the JSA. Oh, um, that sounds up my alley. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, my, my first like favorite, um, new comic book character, you know, as an adult was, uh, um, crazy Starman. man is a star man from the future. And, you know, he had that, like the black suit with the, uh, yeah. the star scape on it. And, uh, <laughs> he had a beard and his mask was always up. Um, he had like a whole face mask, but it was lifted up over his, his, uh, his beard. So he could eat sloppy joes, and he was just crazy <laughs> and just spouting non sequiturs all the time, and um, that was my favorite new character. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so I just so I got and I got very interested in you know what I fanboy were doing, and um, and uh, I was on the message boards, and um, I you know posted a lot, like more than a person should, and uh, I don't know they 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 liked my jokes and stuff, and uh, <laughs> so they're like when they started to expand and add. Um, uh, edi- uh, you know, editorials and yeah. stuff, and columnists. Uh, they they brought me on in that first wave with uh, oh, wow. Jim Rachkowski and um, Mike Romo and Sonia Harris at the time, who's no longer uh, with us. She's not dead. Uh, she's not with <laughs> iFanboy anymore. She's, she's just at, dead uh, to you. Um, yeah. So no, she's not. She's great. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, no. But so um, that's how it that's how it all started, and it was very sort of Goodfellas the way they asked me, like I was at a New York Comic Con helping out is. Paul the intern is how I was credited, ah. and uh, they took me to a restaurant and they sat me down and they're like, "We have something important to talk to you about." I was like, "Oh no, I have cancer." I was like, "Wait, how would, <laughs> how would they know? <laughs> how would you know?" And, um, but you know, so then they were like, we "Want you to write for us?" And I was like, "Oh, that sounds hard. It sounds like work." And I was like, "Yeah, do it." And I was like, "Okay." So, <laughs> you know, I'd, I'd love to to write stuff and see my my name up in billboards. And like, well, no, that's not really how it works. <laughs> So, so you guys, you guys both have uh, columns on on different uh, comic book websites. Yeah, I've actually run out of opinions. I don't have columns anymore. Yeah, I just you, do, you I like... just do reviews mostly, and, oh, and I yeah. do a lot of the day to day kind of thing. But that was actually a thing. Like, after... I don't know. I feel like you still have a. I still feel like you have opinions in the stuff that I read. I that like, you yeah. read an editorial voice, I guess. Yeah, yeah which because I, 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 I can know. always tell what uh, like news article Paul Montgomery has written because yeah. you have a way of writing. <laughs> Well, thank you. That's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's part, it's, it's mostly just like, how do I entertain myself yeah. you know, writing about a press release? And so mm-hmm. it's, it's a little bit, you know, uh, self-deprecating and, um, uh, more deprecating towards them, towards the press release. And, <laughs> and, but it's, you know, 
So I, I have fun with it, and uh, I, we're not too worried about having a, an objective journalistic voice. That's a big thing with iFanboy is that we wanted to make sure that every columnist and everyone writing for us has um, their own you know, in, individual voice, and yeah. it sounds conversational, and um, that's our tricky way of, of getting you to trust us and like us. And It works. Um, never be able to live without us. So. Yeah. I feel like there's a big similarity maybe between iFanboy and like the AV Club. I would say. Well, that's a great compliment. That, yeah. That's, uh, yeah, I mean, because I, I think that, like, both of those sites give you news, but, like, the AV Club is also going to probably tell you what they think of the news yeah. in a fun, entertaining way. Yeah. Um, both foster communities, et cetera. And, uh, uh, you know, and, and Ron, one of the, you know, one of the main guys that I fanboy, you know, he started out with music zines, and um, he, and I always think back on what, what he told me is that he got into that because he wanted to meet, you know, all of his favorite musicians and, and hang out with them and, you know, have an opportunity just to, to talk with them and uh, hear their ideas and stuff. And so we're, I mean, the, even though I, I think if we had the opportunity to change the name, we totally would. It's kind of too late to change it for my fanboy, yeah. which is so weird and bundled up in so many different memes and things. Yeah. Um, but uh, the fan part is totally in this corny as hell but like it's it's that's totally applicable like we're big fans of we we write we like to write about the things that interest us and yeah. uh, we don't i mean we do report a lot of press releases but um there's a lot of stuff that like that doesn't sound interesting we're bypassing that so it's <laughs> regurgitating everything we hear yeah um, that's good too because there are there are other sites that that are definitely in my feed that i i almost just skip them almost all together. I don't even know why I keep them in the feed because they, they will do just that. Yeah. We uh, don't want your, we don't want our main page to look like your inbox. Like, yeah. you know, all the stuff that you, like your spam box specifically, which I think a lot of other sites can do on certain days, yeah. especially when it's convention season. Oh, yeah. So, you know, uh, we, we want to just sift through and find the, find the good stuff that's worth your time. And, um, there's everything like, for when you guys write about comics or talk about comics, do you is there do you have any feelings about writing negative reviews versus positive reviews? Yes, I learned uh, when I was <laughs> when about like two thousand seven two thousand eight. I started writing reviews for they were originally xfan.com, then they became comicsfan.com. Oh okay. yeah, um, they I don't think they exist anymore i have no idea but i would i had no problem writing like negative reviews like just going going to town on things that i hated and then i i got a job at wizard um in their conventions department and my job was to invite creators to our conventions and like talk to them and interview them and like you know be a professional and i realized that there a negative review in a way is kind of like burning a bridge. Like it's, it's the, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all is kind of the thing that I have been exercising ever since. Like once I realized, Oh, I am now in a position to actually at some point have to come face to face with this person. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't feel like it does me any good to rail against things I hate. And even as a comic book fan, there are enough people that only talk about things they hate, so I either am going to stop reading things I don't like, or just not talk about things I hate, unless it's Rob Liefeld, because it's just, <laughs> because it's the yeah. funniest. And I've already kind of met him once, and it was a weird experience. Is so. he retired from comics this week? Or yeah, I think so. I this forget week, what cycle we're on. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's waiting for a new comic book company to uh, come, like, to emerge so he can be friendly with him and then burn another bridge. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. Well, there's, there's, there's a couple of different ways of, of looking at that. And I, I think it's very true that, you know, it's such a small industry and you don't want to burn bridges. We've, there's, we've also gotten, I'll say criticism to be nice. Um, even criticism, you know, like, you guys are too close to creators and you're too friendly and buddy yeah. buddy with them. So how, can we take your reviews seriously? And our thing is, if we and I'm this, uh, I'm speaking for myself here, but this it, it's it's largely true of of my fanboys that if we don't like something, we don't we generally just don't review it. We just kind of ignore it. If yeah. you ask us, we'll tell you, you know, <laughs> yeah. what we think about it. Um, but I like I've written I've written some some uh, negative reviews, but that's sort of when there's a lot of call for a review. Like, like, what do you think about this? Yeah, so, like if it's Avengers versus X Men number one, yeah, the community kind of wants to know what you there's, think. There's and there's a difference too between being honest and being mean. And I think that yeah. a lot of times people uh, people mix that up. I know, like for me, the idea of like positivity versus negativity literally stemmed out of like when I first graduated college I started doing stand up in Pittsburgh and every comedian all they would do is stand up there and just talk about just rail on how much they hated everything yeah and I watched that and I was like I don't want to be that guy I'm going to exhaust myself talking because I am an exhausting human being anyhow <laughs> uh and don't if, tell me about it yeah <laughs> but but I found but I found that like I have more fun exhausting myself talking about something I love yeah than something I hate. Because if I'm going to, like, I'm just going to list a bunch of things that are going to make me grit my teeth if I'm talking about something that I hate. If I'm talking about something I love, like, I literally, like, my body language changes. My face, yeah. the, how, what my, the faces I'm making change. Like, I get excited. I get into it. And I see that in other people, too. And I, like, yeah, there's, it, it's also important to be, to be fair, to be fair and like critical, like there's nothing wrong with a critical eye, but don't don't like be a ship in an eddy, just like slowly circling a whirlpool of anger because <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. you know sure. it's, yeah. it's 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 going to suck you down. Like no one ever talks about like man, the hate really rises to the top, man. <laughs> yeah, uh. I I don't know, but I think that's I, I think you have a really fair point. I, I and and I think that that's. I, I like that's one of the reasons why I like I fanboy and I think that you know it's fair to say like yeah you may be you may be too close to people but when has that ever stopped you from being honest at the same time too like because if yeah. you're honestly close to someone they can handle they can handle you being real about it and saying but listen I'm still your friend and this doesn't change the fact that I like you as a human yeah mm. and I think. When you and, and since since I've, I've I've formed some some relationships in comics, I'm like I, you know I'm friendly with with Scott Snyder, and I've reviewed a lot of his Batman issues since the the New Fifty Two relaunch, and um, we've done you know podcast discussions together, and and he's a very personable guy and very very friendly, and um, and has been very encouraging to me about my own writing. So when I review his stuff. Um, it, it, it helps that I, I generally love what he writes and, you know, and, and honestly, you know, impressed with, with each issue. But if I don't like something, being close to the creator, I think about being tactful and that, 
Yeah. I don't feel like that makes me like skittish and gun shy as a writer. It makes me think a little bit harder about it, and yeah. I ultimately do like write better things. There, um, yeah, and and I'm a little bit more nuanced in my criticism, and I th- I feel comfortable in saying I don't know if this worked, and because yeah. because I, I know that afterwards Scott's usually going to send me an email and be like, well, let's talk about this. Because yeah, exactly. I'm, Reviews I'm should be dialogues. In, in Reviews are not aspect. condemnations. Like there's so many, God, the like dregs of Twitter. Where you can see people just being like, I hate this creator, and like taking it super personal. Well, that's the thing. That's that's the key there is like people people associate art with personality so much. And I think a lot of times that that when someone writes what they consider a review, they almost take it personally that the art that they're talking about did not entertain them in the manner they expected. And that's not a personal critique. Like it's Mm-hmm. It's also remaining objective. I mean, I I can see a movie that I don't like, but still recognize it was like artistically solid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, What's the last movie that happened to that? Uh, well, happened. I mean, Skyfall. But I, I have weird mixed feelings about Skyfall just because my viewing experience of being in a theater full of like uh, loudly homophobic um, spoilers about the movie. I don't know. Uh, and also just laughing at inopportune times. With like the I movie was, is loudly homophobic? No, no, the oh. audience was. Okay. The, the movie was very progressive. The movie is very 2012 and very, um, I don't know, like subverting expectations. It, it, it was a really good movie, very well done. But James Bond is omnisexual. Yeah. Is, uh, what we learn in the movie. Which is, oh. which is great. Like, I love that that is, that, that is, makes total sense. Like, he's a spy, he, you know, I, yeah. I love that. My movie-going experience, though, was awkward. Um, and that can totally color your yeah. appreciation, for especially the first time you're watching the movie. Yeah. You get, like, imprinted with that with that environment and there being hostility and stuff. And yeah. So it, that's, that's totally valid. So I hope you get a chance to see it again. I do. It's, it's great. I also think that people... It is weird. I feel like most forms of art you... I don't know if any piece of art should be reviewed after only living with, with it once. Like, I don't actually know how professional movie reviewers do that. Because I feel like most movies get better upon repeat viewings. Or you start, I don't know, understanding where they're coming from more. Uh, same yeah, thing with I comics. Seeing it, seeing it twice would be the... <laughs> you know, the ultimate way to, and maybe yeah. not in the same day. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> it's just, I mean, in my own experience, I've, I, I do a lot of the, the comic book movie reviews on iFanboy and I try, we try to be as timely as possible. I live in Philadelphia, so I don't have a lot of access to early, you know, advanced screens like, you know, uh, my uh, coworkers in LA and yeah. originally in New York. Um, nobody's in New York anymore. Um, but, uh, so, I end up seeing them on Friday morning, the earliest I can get to them, and then I have to go home and scramble and write up a review. Yeah. And that's, I really wish that I didn't have to do that, but part of it is me imposing this deadline on myself and trying <laughs> to get it as timely as possible. Yeah. Um, but it's it's tough. And Do you take notes, like, in I the movie I do theater? bring a moleskin into, and then, like, I um, I write weird notes and... Even if there is proper lighting in a setting, I don't write, like, in straight lines. Like, <laughs> I write all over. And I don't yeah. like the lined uh, moleskins. I like the like the sketch moleskins where it's just blank. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't um, want to be boxed in. 
So yeah, so I and actually um, uh, Connor from my fanboy actually he found my Moleskine on the, on a table at a, a New York Comic Con two years ago and um, opened it up to see whose it was and he said, "Are you a sociopath?" <laughs> like he's like, "Are you a serial killer?" Like what does this mean? And I was like, and it was like my notes from when I saw a uh, girl with a dragon tattoo, <laughs> and it's like at, from like the rape scene, and so it's like all these weird uh, words that you don't want to see, and yeah, um, yeah, so. Uh, I do take notes um, and come up with, you know, some metaphors on the way home and then sit there and agonize over it for three or four, like, uh, it takes me like three or four hours to do a review. Yeah, that sounds right. I imagine you in the theater with like a miner's hat with a light on (laughs) it. flashlight? Yeah, Yeah, just like scrawling. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm very super like uh, militant about being quiet and not distracting in a movie theater being a human being you're (laughs) exercising your human right like how we should all act in a movie theater yeah i'm still mad i've had had conversations with people that i that i like (laughs) and respect who say like well i like to i I like to do a a running commentary you know sometimes on twitter people like to read those and i like to read that you know and when they're at a concert or when they're at a movie you know maybe i don't plan on going to see that movie but so i'd like to see their reactions and I was like, we do that when we're at home and we're watching like yeah. poll results coming in from an election, and we're all sitting on a bed with our laptop. Yeah, like, that's cool. Not in a movie theater. I don't want to see rectangles of light. And yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't understand like what kind of lifestyle you have to check your email while yeah. you're when, in a movie. We went to don't go, go see to the movie. Then we go. saw Wreck It Ralph uh, Saturday at, at, as it opened. The Saturday after it opened, uh, like a group of like ten of us all went. Uh, all I think all of us forgetting that it's a kids movie so the theater was packed with children and their disinterested parents right um and our friend katie from the amazing spider-man episode mm-hmm. <laughs> except to say what episode they were on uh was sitting across the aisle from me and through some weird twist of fate this like dad of some little kids had to sit in between her and then our other friends a simple mm-hmm. twist of fate a simple twist of fate um but he she's like during the course of the movie he had out like a Kindle Fire, an iPad, like a phone. He had at least three different screens going during this. Was movie. he wearing like a tech vest? With I mean, all yeah. <laughs> what yeah. I what I love about that too is so often you hear a parent say like, "Oh, kid doesn't pay attention to anything. Has no attention span. Yeah. I sit him down in front of a TV." And meanwhile, the dad is the one that is like, "You gotta check everything across. I gotta play my Angry Birds on the iPad because the screen is bigger." Jeez. I, it's, it's yeah. an, that's an enjoyable movie too. So I don't understand why you got to zone out just because it's because yeah, it's animated. He would have liked that movie. People hate he people. Liked yeah. It. Well, they're, they're, I I grew up around so many people, even in high school, where I would be like, like when Toy Story came out, and I was in high school, I was yeah. like, "Have you guys seen this?" And we're I'm like. 14 or 15 at the time and every other clot I went to high no I ain't gonna see that animated movie that's for kids I'm like I don't it's no it's a good story it's an amazing story it doesn't matter what it you can't some people don't understand that that animation is a storytelling device and not I I mean when I was when I was in college I went to I had a semester of film school and then a a screenwriting and playwriting for the rest of it so totally worthwhile both of them um, uh, but anyways um i in my screenwriting classes um we would watch that year's uh, pixar film um mm. and go through it and then like stop every couple of minutes and then say this is what they're doing here and like going oh, through great. you know the like, structure and 
you know, reversals and things like that. And, and yeah, um, they're great teaching tools. There's, they're like, in a way, in some, some ways it's a little bit distracting just how textbook they are. Like some of them more than others, but like yeah. if you, if you watch like finding Nemo or something or, um, the Incredibles, like you can go through, that was back when like, I couldn't watch a movie without like checking my watch every, you know, few minutes to be like, okay, that, that should be 15 minutes in. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Inciting incident, in, right? 10 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Midpoint whammy. Uh, okay. We're good. Uh, so, <laughs> and like, I couldn't turn it off for a very long time. I, I, I don't do that anymore. I haven't done that for years, but it eventually goes away. So if anyone's struggling with that, just getting out of film school, it PSA. does go away. If you want it to. It PSA. gets better. I mean, it gets better. It gets better. <laughs> we should make a YouTube video and have everyone come It gets better. You don't check your, your watch all the time. Um, so, um, yeah. Yeah. So Pixar, I mean, a movie, a good movie is a good movie is a good movie. And it yeah. can be animated. It can be claim whatever um oh my god like so so you guys saw rick and ralph so you saw paper man i yeah i saw it have you seen it yet no i still haven't seen yeah, ralph paper and i'm dying great. to I'd... i mean paper man paper yeah. man's like the that's that's the it's like the entree yeah really. like that's that's it's the short it's like a three like minute uh short before wreck it ralph and yeah i it almost had that like first five minutes of up of up effect on me. Oh, I was just really? like, at, like yeah, during sure. the course of this short, I was I felt like I went in an emotional roller coaster, uh, and like I, I I cry at movies. I cry at a lot of things. Oh yeah, fairly easily. I do too. Um, I, I was my, getting uh, close with my, that. Go ahead. I was getting close with Paper Man. So yeah, You're getting close. Yeah, I, I I was getting a little bit misty. My my uh, 3D glasses were were fogging up a bit. Oh what? Oh so that oh what what does that look like in 3D? I see everything 2D. Yeah, I, every, I'm 2D. 2D. Guy. I ended. I, yeah, I usually I, I I'm not usually a proponent for 3D um, in in live action um, because it's not really worth it. Um, I did see Prometheus in 3D, which I, I do think that's my favorite yeah. live action 3D movie. Well, it was shot. Uh, it was shot for 3D too. Yes, it was. Yeah, and, so. yeah, and I'll, I'll if it's shot if it's specifically shot in 3d yeah usually i'll go that route um this time i, I, I was seeing a double feature of wreck it ralph and skyfall and that's just the way it worked out um <laughs> the, the 3d one was the the best one to go to time wise yeah so i saw it in 3d and uh cg movies pixar movies this is disney it's not pixar um yeah uh which was a lot of people I, I i was making that mistake i was describing it as a pixar movie no it's not it's it's disney um, so it's, uh, but it does have a short, like a, a Pixar movie usually yeah. does. Um, and I think it's better than this year's Pixar movie. Um, I had high hopes for Brave and uh, I was a little let down with it. But. My boyfriend saw that without me, but I saw so Toy Story. it or? I didn't see it. I saw Toy Story 3 without him though, and he uh, never saw it. So I feel like. an ongoing saga yeah, then. Just got yeah. me back. Um, I wanted but, to... Yeah, but the, the, the 3D looks great, and for Paper Man, it's like, it's, uh, it's traditional anime. It reminded me a lot of, um, 101 Dalmatians, like... Oh. Like, yeah, yeah, it looks like Disney that. kind of thing. Like, it yeah. looked like the, the guy from 101, 101 Dalmatians. Yeah. Um, but it's like, they took CG models and then they drew over top of them. Oh. So, there's a little bit of, like, definition to them. It's and really it, but interesting. But it's, it's cool. And there's sort of, like, a raw pencil kind of thing going for it. You know, um, I, I, I was really... really Sorry, I I really missed that. Did you have you seen the documentary Waking Sleeping Beauty? Yes. Amazing, right? Yeah. Like, what I, is this? What is this? Oh, so you, you have to see, you have to see this. Is You'll it love on it. it. Netflix Instant. No. Okay. Wait, is it? Mm, I don't think it is. Jeez, oh, I'll look while you talk about. Uh, it. Okay, so so uh, Waking <laughs> Sleeping Beauty is basically about uh, uh, the 
sort of rise of Disney animation all the way up through okay. the 90s. On board. On yeah, board. yeah. Uh, up to up to the the uh, the Eisner split. Okay. And it got really bad after Lion King. It's like, on Netflix. It's not streaming. Ah, there you go. Uh, it's wow. it's worth it. It's it's incredibly well made, and it's it's engaging. The stories that these animators tell, yeah, of you just you just get a lot of behind the scenes information, and then they even follow Katzenberg over to uh, to DreamWorks a mm. bit, and they start talking about like why why the DreamWorks movies didn't work in the you know whenever they started making films like Prince yeah. of Egypt and Hidalgo and there are oh, all these yeah. films that like came yeah. out but like who made Balto <laughs> is it a Don Bluth thing um, yeah it that may sounds... be did Kevin Bacon do the voice voice of Balto <laughs> voice oh man uh, that's a good know. question I, I have no got, idea guys I will take any chance to bring up Balto <laughs> Okay, Balto is a 1995 American animated adventure film directed by Simon Wells and produced by Amblimation. Amblimation. Oh, Amblim. Amblim Entertainment? I think my aunt is addicted to that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there <laughs> are. It's based on a true story about the dog of the same name who helped save children from the diphtheria epidemic in the 1925 Ooh. serum run to Nome. So you still you still love that you'll find any excuse to bring up Balto? No, I'm I'm over Balto. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Balto Three: Wings of Change. What? What? I I went down a rabbit hole of Land Before Time wiki because Land Before Time also has a wiki. Mm-hmm. It was um, Kevin Bacon. Oh, good, good. I feel justified. <laughs> um, but Land Before Time has like a crazy mythology. Yeah, of, like the twelve movies. There is a wiki. There's like. Ongoing character, it's it's ridiculous. Uh, I like the point, and this is you know sort of unique to our generation, where you you're a kid and you realize this isn't going to end well. Yeah, yeah. If I, I put yeah. together other information that I have from my other interests and passions in life with this, mm-hmm. um, this stops being pleasurable for me. Yeah. Um, because I know where this is going. I can I can connect the dots because you it's keep also, giving me connect yeah, the dot that, pages. That, that point when you're a kid and you're in the video store and you're like, I'm gonna stop picking out movies with dogs on the cover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because those never end well for me. So yeah. <laughs> um, I can't deal with that. Dogs, bad things happen. This is this is a minor spoiler for Skyfall. What the hell happens to the dogs? Oh, wait. Albert Finney has dogs in oh, that movie. I oh. don't know what happens to them. Also, I have to say, Albert Finney, very well-dressed in that movie. <laughs> he was I rocking... thought Albert Finney was dead. Not watching the movie, but I was like, oh, you wait. Was... Well, didn't he wait, die in Big Fish? I mean, I know he's died fictionally. Yeah. So <laughs> he, meant, he meant IRL. I was like, he's not still around. Because at first when I saw him, I was like, is that Brian Cox? Brian Cox is in everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like there was a stretch where he was in everything. Like when, like Brett, when we were in college, like there was a point where Brian yeah. Cox every single movie. Yeah. Oh and, yeah. And so then I was like, wait, no, that's that's Albert Finney. That's from he's from Scrooge the musical, which I did in <laughs> high school. Um, that's not Brian Cox. Uh, so so yeah, so it was a surprise to see him and surprised to see him with Pulse. So that's good for him. Good yeah. For him. Yeah. He's still going strong. Yeah. Yeah. We salute you. <laughs> Uh, I wanted to bring up when you were going about uh, talking about iFanboy and how you got into them, and you brought up this thing of 
how everyone at some point had to get back into comics. This is a phenomenon that I feel like everyone has gone through, except for me. And right? I. Wait, did you never fall out either? The, 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 the farthest I ever fell out was for like a year in... That's uh, still more in than like I... 90, In 98, right around the time that they gave Spider-Man to... So they gave Spider-Man to Howard John Mackey, Byrne. John Byrne. And then yeah. Howard Mackey took it back, and it was just... It was dire. I... Uh, I, I at that point I was reading. Uh, I started picking up old stuff. So that's when I. So that's when I read Watchmen. Yeah. And then I got really, really into Preacher at that time. And I just read Preacher this year. <gasps> yeah. Oh, first what, time ever. Oh Mainlined man. It. What did you think? We should. We should. That should be like a special. We should talk about yeah. Preacher. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Then Matt's on so. board. I'm only halfway through, so I'm still trudging. You've yeah, been over, totally mainline. Um, borrowed all the trades from a friend, like. Two years ago, and now I've finally read them. Did you have them for two years? Uh, not for maybe like a year. No, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I stole. I borrowed. I've had trades from Taylor for years. Yeah, now. yeah. Ugh. What and I should, I should say, and back on topic, I should say my uh, uh, Ali Coluccio, uh, who writes for iFanboy and in a couple other places, uh, MTV Geek and, and uh, Fantastic Fangirls. Um, she's all over the place. She uh, is a point of pride for her that um, it's a, it's not that she never left comics it's that she only just started comics you know <laughs> as an adult so so yeah, by yeah. default she's never she never left and came back yeah she started reading comics around the same time i did um, there was six and seven yeah there was a there was a time i started in 1990 like late 92 reading gi joe i got into x-men in spring of 93 and then i never stopped i've never i've never I've always bought comic books on a monthly basis since then. The only time that I ever dropped out was around the time that uh, Joe Casey and Grant Morrison took over New X-Men and Uncanny X-Men. Um, that was enough to make me really lose a lot of interest in, in the X-Men. Yeah. Which um, I feel like is a controversial statement because people love Grant Morrison, and I have complex feelings towards that guy. <laughs> I uh, think a lot of people do. Yeah. Um... <laughs> And but at that time, my favorite books were Peter David's Captain Marvel and JMS's Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, yeah, two things that does anyone really remember or think back on? Uh, no, I think JMS's JMS's run on Amazing Spider-Man was it came off of the tail end of oh, crap. Yeah, and I I remember I was visiting New York City in August of two thousand one. I came to see uh, oh, my my friend was my friend was up here for the summer and. It was the first time I ever visited Midtown Comics, and at the time, JMS's run was like three issues in, and three issues in, people were st still saying really good stuff about it and going, yeah. oh my god, oh my god, uh, and I picked it up, and that is that sucked me right back into yeah. Spider-Man again. He uh, made me really like Spider-Man. Um, uh, when did you drop out of comics, Paul? What, when did you start, and when did you first end? What is your original book in? My earliest, my earliest memories of, of reading comics... Um, I, I was big into the, the Archie Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So not like the original, not, not like, so my story isn't as cool as it could be. I didn't start no. with the, you know, Eastman and Laird stuff. We are similar in this. Stuff, but, um, but yeah, and I was big into like the, oh, hot move version of that. So the, you know, the official tan book of the yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> there was like, it was in like two or three volumes and it had like all the different characters and I was like obsessed with that kind of stuff. And well, they had a so crazy So I started making world. up my own characters and doing like character sheets for them. Yeah. So that's, oh, that's nice. That's sort of where I started. What, uh, and, tell me, tell me about one of the characters you, you came up with. 
Oh, I have no idea. I don't ah. know, I can't remember. It's, the the uh, well, a little bit later, like the Galactic Gladiator. Yes. And then I got very mad that there was a Marvel Comics character I found out called the Gladiator. Oh yeah. Uh, the Shi'ar Imperial Guard she, character right. gladiator. And I was like, yeah. that guy's hair is stupid. <laughs> My guy has cool armor. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and I also I, I remember I created a character, um, Alex Star, Star with two R's. Mm-hmm. Of course. And then wasn't it like Alan Star in the 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 um the Clinton sort of era, like one of the, the uh, lawyers? Kenneth Star. Kenneth Star, okay. Kenneth Star. Which I only remember because of the news radio episode where Bill McNeil is doing political jingles. Yeah. Twinkle, twinkle, Kenneth Star. I can hear that, yeah. yeah. I can hear that in my head now. So, but, but yeah, so I, like, I was like, wait, I can't call my character Alex Star if there's like this guy. And like, I know that has to do with sex somehow. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. From the way my parents like turn off that channel or turn the volume down when I'm in the room. So anyways. Um... <laughs> So that those are that's what I sort of did with characters. Um, and I bought those at farmers markets. I was awesome. very afraid of comic book stores when I was a kid. I was very shy. Yeah. Um, so I was afraid of like all the the, the beardy guys in the comic shop, and <laughs> that's they fair. seemed to be very animated and passionate about what they were doing. And um, so I so I yeah. So and then there was a yard sale, and my dad uh, gave away all of my comics to my grandparents' neighbor who was, like, sort of a latchkey kid and probably have used them more than I, I could have. Um, I probably read through them all, you know, a million times. So uh, I was without any comics. So then after that, I was, like, fair-weather comics fan. So, yeah. like, when there would be, like, you know, a movie out, I'd be like, oh, man, I'm so interested. What's going on with the X-Men these days? And so I... At know, some point, like, you actually it, thought I, that? Like, trades, but not, like... Mm-hmm. At some point, you actually thought, "What's going on with the X Men these days?" Yeah. Okay. No, I just thought you, because you say "filthy muties" a lot on Twitter. I have like a yeah <laughs> a reputation as like, I'm not a no, I don't like the mutants, um, and now I like dirty you know, jean jokes. Yeah. Me, me and you, you know, do do the recaps for Marvel. Yeah. And I'm on a mutant book, and I was like, should I accept money for it? I was like, I'm <laughs> <laughs> no, but, um, I, I, that's that's sort of the role I play on the site is because Ron's a big mutant fan and loves Cyclops and actually I legitimately don't like Cyclops but really anyways, you know, yeah yeah he's an asshole I think I'd hate him in high school that's the thing it's like he's very Bradley Cooper to me I, we would not <laughs> like each other in high school so yeah that's sort of how it goes um, but yeah so I, like when when the first X Men movie came out I was like what's going on with the X Men oh bad I time the cartoon bad when time I was a kid. And, was that um, that was I I didn't I, I I didn't know yet that they're filthy and awful and <laughs> are a menace. I'm very J Jonah Jameson in that way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Sure. Um, and then yeah. So then the tonsil thing, and then I got into you know comics and actually going to the shop and getting single issues and stuff. So. Yeah. When I was a kid, um, the very first comic like, I did not know. I didn't go to comic book shops. I always got my comic books from Walmarts and grocery stores. And going to the comic book store was special because comic book comic book stores get comics like two weeks before the newsstand does. The direct market gets yep. them earlier. So like going to the comic book store was like this rare treat of like visiting the future. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, they don't have these anywhere else. Yep. Um, and then when they would hit the newsstand, I'd be like, I already got that. I read that weeks ago. I forgot about that. Yeah, so it was a big deal. Um... Do you think there are still there are kids out there who who like 
rely on like Barnes and Noble, say, or like because no. they have comics. They're the only the magazine section place. Kids don't yeah. kids don't read shit that's not on an iPad. Yeah. They there you go. Well, yeah, I yeah. worked at um I in college. I worked for a Books a Million. Do they have those in Pennsylvania? They did. Okay. Uh, they. I would I would go on vacation family okay. vacations to Williamsburg, Virginia, every single year of my life. Um, yeah, and uh, they had them there. So. Okay, yeah, they're a southern chain. A good quarter of the store is Bibles and Christian living books. So there you mm-hmm. go. But I did see those. Yeah, they had a very the one that I worked at in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Uh, they had a very say ex- that again. Mur- Murfreesboro. <laughs> Murf Murfreesboro. Mur uh, Mur free. Like, we're Murphy? all free in this country except gay yeah. people. Why did they say that? Murphy? Yeah, Murphy's Borough. There's a hidden that sounds R. sounds like a dog trying to say a name. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, went to, I went to high school in Smyrna, which... What is... <laughs> naming a city in the South Smyrna was the dumbest thing because, first of all, no one in the South knew how to spell Smyrna. Oh, it's a very uh, drunk person that named that town. Yeah, and was, the, was the person having a stroke. Sa- Samirna. Samirna was the way to pronounce. Anyway, anyway. Samirna. Samirna. Anyway. I worked at a Books a Million, and I kind of anointed myself like keeper of the comics. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would, I organized them, kept them all alphabetized. I totally revamped their trade paperback organization. Um, it was really cool, but like, you know, I was the coolest person, guys. <laughs> Uh, I believe it. Um, but yeah, no one, no one really bought comic books there at a books a million. No one, people would buy trades there. I bought trades there. Kids would come and play Yu Gi Oh. That was what kids wanted to do. Sure, right. was play Yu Gi Oh. Okay. So I think, I mean, I feel like that's the biggest. I don't know. That's a big hurdle that I feel like comic books have right now is people are like why is anyone buying comics because they have to go into what places that are most likely creepy a lot of them are creepy i'm very lucky uh my shop that i have now brave new worlds in willow grove pa there's also one in philadelphia so big ups brave new world yeah Um, they're great they're very friendly they're very helpful um they will leave you alone if you want them to (laughs) Um, they're very good about that um so it's it's a and great selection of stuff. So it's it's a great shop, and I'm I'm very very happy with them. And so, to the point that someone asked me like when uh, when you know when Sandy hit that that week, um, my shop even though we weren't hit too hard down here in Pennsylvania, um, at least in that area, um, like it, uh, the shipping was still delayed. Yeah. So um, they didn't get their new comics that week until the following Monday. Yeah. So I went in and, and they weren't there and I wasn't expecting there to be a delay because there was nothing real. There's not a lot of whole lot of flooding and stuff. So, but anyways, the shipping was delayed. So then I, I mentioned this online. I was like, Oh, it's too bad that, you know, the shipping's delayed and I can't get my comics this week. So I'll, I'll just grab them next week. And, and, um, because you tweet everything that goes through your head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what you do. And then, and then someone was, someone was like, well, why don't you just get them digitally? And I was like, well, I have a pull list. And I was like, I, I buy some stuff digitally and I like digital and I'm not against it. I was just, but I, my my shop's also cool and you know they they're they ordered that stuff because i i had an agreement with them that i would buy it from them so like i can wait a week yeah exactly Um, yeah so so anyway so so they're they're great and but i think you know part of it's part of it's pricing you know like you don't get a whole lot for $2.99 or three especially $3.99 yeah and when you're a kid you know, and so that's 
Yeah. It's not super glamorous. That's the um, thing. Like, Angry Birds is 99 cents on the same device that you would have to spend three ninety nine to read... 20 pages. Yeah. Uh, and Angry right. Birds, you could play for literally ever. Yeah. Forever. I, uh, I'm still playing. I'm finding excuses to go to the bathroom just to play it. Yeah. <laughs> That's what, yeah. So, that, so then I was, I was excited to see, you know, like, so Marvel was doing with the, the season one books. Oh, yeah. And they were going to be, like, they were specifically targeting, like, they were going to be in, like, Walmarts and stuff, because, you know, with the Disney connections. Yeah. Yeah. Are they but there? then they come out with them, and they're nineteen ninety nine. Yes, or more than they're, that. They're nineteen ninety nine. Hardcover. Why is this not a paperback like digest thing? Yeah, for nine ninety nine. I still don't understand. Like, I guess I just don't get the market because that digest format that Marvel had stuff coming out with, like that's how I read all of Runaways, and yeah. I loved it. Yeah, because right. I used to be able to just carry those everywhere. The only thing I didn't like was the paper quality on them, because I feel like they were printed very dark. Oh, like, sure. Yeah. There's also certain things that I wish were, the I feel like they deserve the larger format, too. Yeah. Like, at least in addition to the digest. Oh, like, yeah. Um, they're, they're actually, early next year, they're coming out with the, um, uh, the Thor the Mighty Avenger. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. The Roger Langridge yeah. one and Chris Somney. I still yeah. need to read that. I, it's, it's, a, it's a fantastic series and stopped way too early. And you can get those in two digests. But, like, so early next year, they're putting it out in a, a regular size trade paperback, all of them together. So I'm yeah. going to triple dip on that because I bought all the issues and I bought the digest and that. But, but like, um, <laughs> came out with the, um, they were doing the John Carter of Mars book. Ro- that was Roger Langridge again. Uh, oh, right. Did that? It was very good. Yeah. And then the second one is um, Sam Perez art. Yeah. I can't think of who the artist was on the first one. He's very good. Philippe on oh, Philippe Andrade. Andrade. Yeah. Andrade, yeah. And it's beautiful art and it's like and when you like minimize it down to a digest, it's a little heartbreaking because it kind of deserves to be oversized. Yeah. yeah. But still, like I think it for the Marvel season one thing, digest like nine ninety nine tops. Yeah. Is like pro and I understand like they're like I'm, I like I, I don't know anything about business, but <laughs> I feel like I was a little kid, and like 1999 for a hardcover comic book that would never happen. That's not even that long. Like, yeah. Well, that's the not, thing too. Isn't that supposed to be the crack? Right? That's supposed right. to be the crack you sell to the kids, so why not? Like, it's like a kid who's like eight years old that you're supposed to be targeting isn't really going to care what paper stock yeah. it's on. Yeah. You know? And, yeah, yeah. and like, yeah, if it, if it sells well, then reformat it at a larger size for people who care enough about it and, and want to check it out. But, like, yeah, I, I, I don't understand, man. Why isn't that $10 digest-sized? Uh, sitting sitting in a rack right yeah. beside all of the Avengers toys that are at yeah, Walmart. That and we're at the you know we're with Archie at the, the cash register. Yeah. So that when they're you know waiting in line you know for mom or dad to get their you know laundry detergent. Yeah. Like I love the Avengers because they totally do. Yeah. It was a great movie and yeah. I'm sitting there. If I was you know eight years old, I would. Also, be you know going absolutely insane for this movie, maybe oh, more yeah. so. I mean, I I spent a good four days at the beach with my two nephews who are six and eleven uh, this past August, post Avengers, and the entire. It's, I wrote an article about how 
Marvel has made it to where kids don't have to read the comics, and I don't... And looking at it objectively, why do I think they have to? Because they're getting their fix through... They bought the Captain America video game for their PlayStation. They were making me show them Avengers Earth, Earth's Mightiest Heroes episodes on my right. iPad. They they knew who Luke Cage and Iron Fist... They knew who they were. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Marvel's doing a great job of, like, this great saturation. Like, really pulling these people in. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, and I don't know... I mean, I, I, um, I'm, I'm also part of the uh, iFanboy Animation Brain Trust. And we do the podcast whenever yeah. the, the DC animated uh, direct-to-video stuff comes out. Um and we'll do the Marvel stuff. There's there's like a Hulk Iron Man thing coming out next yeah. year, I guess. And I guess we'll do that. Um, so, but but Connor's also on that, and uh, he said a bunch of times, and he has no hesitation saying it that he thinks sort of the best medium for superhero stories is animation. Yeah, yeah. I'd agree with that. Even better, <laughs> you know, and that includes comics. Like like it's it works better. It's just it's amazing to see superheroes on the screen and, and now that we have avengers live action is not a bad you know medium for them either oh yeah um they're they've sort of hit you know hit the ground running with that and um hit their stride really and um, i don't think com- i i feel like we've learned through doing this podcast because this podcast we try and get our friends who don't read comics to read comics and we've learned mm-hmm. that reading comics is a skill that we take for granted yeah <laughs> that a lot of people who are reading comics for the first time like have to first figure out how to read them like it's like it's, mechanically yeah and yeah. i feel like it's, yeah it's kind of crazy some stuff and he's like and he didn't read comics as a kid um my uncle did so he can and he's he's always asking, what's going on with sergeant rock you don't want to know <laughs> nah. no <laughs> no but my dad was like check this out and he was like well what, do i read this first and i was like it's left to right and up and down and I'm like yeah i was like it's a great teaching tool but then you got to realize like you have to teach how to use it first yeah and yep. then it becomes really easy like it it becomes like super straightforward. So I feel like get over that hurdle of what am I looking at? Yeah. Like comics and animation, like they're supplemental to each other. Like, I feel like there are certain personality types that are going to get their superhero fix through live action and animation. That's what they want. And Mm -hmm. it's not fair for us to be like, but you have to read the comics to be a real fan. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) You know, I was actually talking about this the other day on Twitter when the whole cosplay issue exploded after yeah tony harris like ran his trap on facebook but i was talking to this uh uh lady in la and and we were sort of talking about that same thing of like you know why is why is it that you have to be proprietary about the knowledge that you who cares who cares that you know more yeah about a character than someone else who also enjoys that character? You're not liking it right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like it the way I like it. Yeah, yeah I can't like, stand that mentality. It, like, <laughs> and the thing is too, like if you're going to try to control how people receive your art, you're going to lose every time because yeah. that's not the point of art. The point of art is to put something out there and allow people to take it in and interpret it how, you know, it, because because art affects art affects that person's emotion personally. Yeah. You know, and that's the reason why, like, you know, I have much stronger feelings about Spider-Man than you do, and you have a lot stronger feelings about... The- Greg Capullo era X-Force? Yeah. Yes. It's... it's- when you when you come right down to it, it's just people saying like you like the way you enjoy this it, it i don't know it, it it cheapens the way i enjoy it and it's stupid which is yes. the dumbest thing 
especially because the industry is so it's like the biggest it's ever been but the tiniest it's ever been like we yeah. cannot and and uh, also also <laughs> no one like no one outside of you makes you do anything you let someone affect you that way yeah like yeah. someone dressing up someone dressing up sexily in like a she-hulk costume you know at at a convention does not cheapen your experience of She-Hulk. Yeah. You allow someone else to affect you that way, and you need to stop and think about why they affect you that way. Yeah. Essentially, it's like, it's eerily close to, like, the, the gay marriage debate, where it's like, yeah. Why, yeah. Does, why, why, why does me having this relationship affect your relationship? Yeah. It doesn't. Like, we're not going to come into your house and do things to you, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, it doesn't cheapen uh, anything. You guys have been reading too many Jack Chick tracks, if you think that. Yeah. <laughs> You still have to do on this show at some point. So yeah, so oh, the, I mean, so, so the so the you know the the, the big buzzword this weekend, I think, rightfully so, is is um, is gatekeepers, and we can't the way the way the industry is. Why would you stop people from coming in? Like, yeah, what? yeah, like like bring because here's the other thing too. Like people take it for granted that they're now experts. Like at one point, like someone like Tony Harris, at one point had no idea what the hell anything was in this industry. Didn't know what a Hulk was. Didn't know what an Iron Man was. Didn't know what a Superman was. But someone, but someone, either the editorial staff of a book that he read or someone else in his life sat him down and worked him through that. And why, why is it wrong to do that for someone else who's just starting to experience this? Like, make it a positive experience so that they come back. To be truthful, I love people. Like I like doing this podcast because I like getting these fresh perspectives from people. Because I feel like, as a comic book fan of you know twenty plus years, I can forget how much fun they can be. Yeah. And to sit someone like like we're reading Generation X with Nicole in a couple weeks. Oh, spoiler alerts! Blah. Yeah, yeah. But like, I picked that because Nicole loves schools. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she has complicated feelings about Emma Frost. Yeah. She loves teenagers. <laughs> And um, she liked Wolverine and the X-Men a whole bunch. And also, like, Chris Pachalo does, does that art. So I'm like, I cannot wait to see how Nicole is going to react to reading Generation X from 1994. Um, that excites me. And to mm-hmm. be like, you haven't already read it? Uh, well, go buy the trade and then talk to me then. Like, yeah. I don't want to know until you've read all of Scott Lobdell's run and James Robinson's <laughs> run. But once you get to Larry Hama, you better stop. Yeah. Uh, which is awesome. I, t- I just want to take Tony Harris and, and put him in a time machine, take him back, and, and have him talk to a, to a kid about, you know, about the Avengers or whatever and, and the, the intricacies of the Avengers. And, and he'll be like, oh, this kid doesn't know anything. And I'll <laughs> yeah. take him back in the time machine. And I'll be like, that was Jack Kirby, you idiot. He's not start his career yet. Idiot. If you just let him go instead of discouraging him, yeah. And now the Avengers don't exist because you're an asshole. Oh yeah. man! What do with Tony fucking Harris? Ah, oh, and that's and it turns out that he's Loki. He's he's made <laughs> the Avengers not exist. Ah, uh, guys, didn't you notice by the eyebrows? It's Jack Kirby. <laughs> just that you're also in. He the, was smoking a cigar at seven. Yeah. <laughs> That you're in a very scary part of New York City, and yeah. you're like what nineteen twenty. You're in the Lower East Side. He came yeah. down on like street a street toughs with the cabbie hats. Yeah, he swung by on a clothesline filled with old diapers. God, Tony, <laughs> what is your deal? <laughs> uh, well, um, I think we're about to wrap things up. Uh, we do need to tell the listeners 
Yeah. Now, uh, what we're reading next week. Yeah, yeah. We did the... not billboard at the top of the show. No. That's because we are professionals. And, sorry. Uh, no, it's not your sorry, fault. I ruined your show, Mark and Brett. I'm sorry. That's... <laughs> <laughs> That's where he goes. I'm sorry. Oh my gosh. Uh, it's uh, pardon me. It's Mark and Bert. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> Bread was a weird name. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. So we are. Um, all the kids in elementary school. Yeah. They thought uh, it, my name was weird. Really? Yeah. What? I called you yeast infection. Whoa! What? <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> Easy. How, does, how do you get yeast infection? Pump the brakes. Bread. From bread. Yeast. Oh, bread. bread. Okay. Uh, there you go. I had an opportunity to, to, to explain. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, best jokes are the ones you have to talk about. Yeah. You have to explain fully. <laughs> uh, no, I like that. Uh, so yeah. So next week we are going to be reading. Um, uh, speaking of speaking of new readers uh, and the yes. '90s and things like that, we are going to be reading. A uh, story arc from Grant Morrison's run on JLA. It's Grant Morrison and Howard Porter, and it is Rock of Ages. Yes. JLA 10 through 15. Available on Comixology, and also probably on Amazon and Tradeback, trade paperback form. It's on One Netflix, way to... isn't it? Yeah, it's on Netflix. Yeah, it's on Netflix, but not watch Instant. Wait, hold on. Did they make a movie of it? I believe they did. No. A DC no. Direct? No, DC no, I don't think they did. Did they make another movie with uh, they did tell... Baldwin called Rock of Ages? Oh, yes. they did, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a different one. Paul's yeah. a different one. Okay. Very different expectations. Okay. Although... Although Alec Baldwin does sing in both, so... Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a very... Uh, we're reading it with our friend Jason Flowers of the podcast America Won't Shut Up, who has never read comics before. So. Never read comics before. Huge fan of the 90s, and when people talk about why don't new people read comics... Um, a lot of times people talk about the nineties and there was, there's a sort of, there was a sort of impenetrability of I continuity. It was a gross generalization at the beginning of the show when I said that. <laughs> I, I know there are good, there's good art. <laughs> listen, 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 we're not going to name names, but, uh, <laughs> uh, people like Raul Montgomery think that, um, no, but th- 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 there's definitely, these, these are the type of, these are the type of books because at the time in the JLA, Superman was a blue electric, uh, yeah. blue blue electric power based uh, life form. Aquaman had his harpoon for a hand and uh, a Gordon's fisherman beard. Wonder Woman inexplicably dead. Yeah, uh, the the Flash the Flash broken leg. He gets better like two issues into yeah. the storyline. He broke his leg. That's funny. Yeah, I think <laughs> yeah, I think that's what it was. Um, uh, the Green Arrow is uh, Oliver Queen is dead, and Connor Queen is currently the Green Arrow. Kyle Rayner is the Green Lantern. Yeah, it's a uh, so it's a it's a hoopla. Yeah, what is supposed to be the uh, the seven most identifiable superheroes in the DC universe are almost completely unidentifiable to someone coming in from yeah. outside of comics and Martian Manhunter who no one knows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh so we threw Jason in on the deep end of this one. Uh I think it's a fantastic story. Well, a lot of things that we discussed with Paul here tonight we actually come up in the conversation with Jason. So, it's like bookends or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. I like saying the word bookends. Yeah. Whatever. Hellboy's from the nineties. I love Hellboy. Hellboy's fantastic. There's a lot of great stuff from the nineties. Madman uh Madman is great. I have a different definition of great, I think. Okay. Well I have my favorite. Mm -hmm. And I acknowledge that favorite and great are different things. So That's fair. Love Dell Matarera Uncanny X Men. Love it. There you go. Love it. I don't think anyone would call that great. (laughs) I probably would, maybe. We'll see. That's a future episode. 
<laughs> Thank you, Paul, for being on the show. Um, plug Are we recording this? What? No. Oh, this is the dry run. Okay. No, yeah, no. Yeah. Put this out. All right. No, this is all deleted. But, I mean, you can go in and plug whatever you want just in case... Edit out the yeast joke because okay. I don't think people are going to go for that. Yeah, definitely. Okay. <laughs> uh, you can catch Paul at Fuzzy Typewriter on Twitter. You can. Yeah, I tweet a lot. So. It's, a, it's a great feed. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, you can also check out his podcast at or Fuzzy Typewriter. Fuzzy iTunes. Typewriter, just hop on iTunes. Yeah. And, uh, I did uh, Seven Samurai recently. Talked about the Star Wars Episode yes. 7 news. Yeah. Um, that was a lot of fun. Um, I don't know what we're doing next. We just have to find out. One way to find out: go to it's, iTunes, type in "fuzzy type." Yeah, ask a friend who listens. Oh yeah, that's good. That's better. <laughs> yeah. Ask a friend who listens. <laughs> yeah. That's an interesting way of promoting the go show. To our, go to our Wikipedia page and find out. Yeah, yeah. there you go. There that would be great if you had a Wikipedia page and a, and a guy who was like, "I stopped listening to this forever ago, but I I want to know what those idiots thought about." <laughs> Seven Samurai. Yep. So there you go. <laughs> um, you can follow me on at on Twitter on at Brett White at yep. Twitter. What? Just talking right now. That all works. Uh, you can also read my column in on CBR every Wednesday called In Your Face Jam, where I try to talk about things I love, but stupid people say stupid things you on are, Tuesdays. Wait, wait, you're not you're not reading. I thought we agreed you're not going to read the message boards, right? No, I don't read the message okay, boards. Good. I'm okay, talking about, okay. in general, stupid things happen on Tuesdays on in the comics community. Oh, yeah, yeah. Almost always on a Tuesday, something oh, crazy yeah, happens. Yeah. And therefore, I can't even... I, I feel like I have to address the crazy thing that's happened instead of writing, like, a thing that I want to write. Yeah. Um, Actually, I remember before Watchmen was a Thursday. Oh, uh, yeah. The announcement, I, re- I remember it clearly. I was like, this is what my day is about. Yeah. It was very, it was very West Wing. It was very... Yep. I got the... Because uh, CBR wanted me to write a reaction piece, so I got the news, like, the night before it broke. So I knew I had to, like, wake up in the morning and write an write a opinion piece about it. Like, kind of cold. Yeah. Like, I woke up and read the press release. I was like, okay, I gotta do oh, this. God, an opinion piece? Yeah. That's even worse. Yeah, I had to write an opinion piece. But I, gotta, and, I gotta feel ways about stuff. Yeah. I have to feel things. Because uh, I have opinions about everything. But me and Josh Flanagan had basically the exact same article posted that day. Yeah. Okay. Uh, which is like, surprise, corporations want money. Like, what are you right. expecting? Uh, yeah. Anyway, Matt, you can find, they can find you on Twitter at... Oh, at the Matt Little. <laughs> and check out uh, our sketch podcast, lefthandedradio.com. Ooh. Wow, awesome. Well, uh, as always, go to the website, mattbrettlovecomics.com. Rate and review us there. Go to iTunes, leave us reviews. I read the reviews there because they're nice. They are. Um, <laughs> you can uh, also, hit us up on Facebook. Yeah. Talk to us. You can also check out our back issues. We've got some really great stuff that we've done. Uh, if you are in the mood for a spooky treat, go read our coverage of Severed 1-7. through seven. With Becky Ferreira and Nicole Dressel. Uh You want to listen to that because you want to hear Nicole's reactions to the story. <laughs> Spoiler if you've not alert. Heard them yet. Nicole, Nicole goes from talking about in utero Backstreet Boys versus Instinct Babies halfway through to literally crying. Oh, like legit crying at the Spo- end. Spoiler alert! Yeah, it's pretty great. It's it's intense. Um, it gets intense, but it, it yeah, it was a it was a pretty great episode. But yeah, I can totally track how you got to that tangent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see it. Yeah, yeah, makes so much right. sense. But anyway, thank you so much, Paul. Uh, everyone, have a awesome. 
Everyone have an awesome life. I don't know. Yeah, Just yeah. Keep it real. Yeah. This is the last one you're doing? Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. An awesome life. <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen? Uh, see you later. Sorry about everything. <laughs> thanks well, for having me, guys. It was great. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, for, thanks for doing it. Until next time, this is Matt. And this is Brad. And we love comics. I guess. I don't even know at this point. <laughs> oh, so we loved comics. Loved. We loved comics. We do that podcast at some point. Awesome. And you wake up next to the wife in the bottom of your chair. <laughs>